The Not A Golf Podcast podcast may contain language not suitable for some listeners. If you choose to drink and listen, please enjoy responsibly and not while driving, chipping, or putting. During testing of this podcast, brain cramps were experienced by some trial listeners, most commonly in those with little to no sense of humor and those wearing white sans belt slacks. Results may vary. Listener discretion is advised. Stays first, it's time to shake ground in the eighth round. Box battle will break down for the beat in the rock tone. Jump in the cyclone, S C O L E S, yes, I know. The red team, red team, hack red team, put them up. What the fuck? We love the red team. Off the walls, getting the gorilla tag team. So, season two, episode two of the Naughty Golf Podcast podcast. I am Jay. I am here with the beautiful Becca Buttons. We're joined by Bill the Minerals, Inc. and Mr. America himself, Donnie B. Chef Will isn't able to make it tonight. He is, his attention is with the royal family in London right now. Apparently, DB, uh, the mineral, the the, the the queen grew very fond of Chef Will and his food during her visits to the White House. And... He is now giving his attention and memory to the royal family currently, and we wish him well. We send our love to the royal family as well through Chef Will, I hope. Uh, But he won't be joining us. Definitely will miss him. Before we get started, folks, download, subscribe, share, wherever you watch or listen to this podcast, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Not right, Buttons? TikTok now? You can find us at Not A Golf Pod. So, on tonight's show, we have, of course, the Minerals Minute and Pick'ems as usual. I want to recap, gentlemen and lady, week one and two of the NCAA football and NFL uh, seasons. I also want to ask you guys uh, your opinion on team uniforms. I'll get to that a little bit later, and we'll also be joined later by golf course architect Jeffrey Danner. So, enough of all that. Donnie B, what you thinking? What you drinking? You know what I did? I stepped up tonight. I got me a Long Island tea. Oh. It's been one of them days. (laughs) Is that what you're thinking? Are you thinking it's been one of those days? I've been rebuilding a pump for the pool. Uh It took me about five hours to do it. Oh, good for you. All right, so Donnie did not get, apparently, the text that everybody else got. But, uh, <laughs> Bill, what you drinking, what you thinking? Listen to this, Donnie. This is what that text meant. Oh, you know me. I got my sweet tea and my dabs. So we feeling good up here. Ready to rock and roll. Another fun evening. What you thinking? What am I thinking? Ah, my brain's fried, y'all. I ain't thinking shit. That's the best one yet. Pre-show meetings are very important in the future. Buttons, <laughs> what you drinking? What you thinking? <laughs> I'm drinking Rebecca Creek, and I'm thinking what crazy-ass co-host people we got. 
love them. Oh yeah, absolutely love them. I, uh, I'm drinking Rebecca Creek as well. It's a very good bourbon. No, I'm sorry, Tennessee whiskey. I'm thinking we're gonna do more pre-show meetings. <laughs> what did everybody think, you guys, about? Told y'all was what thinking. Yeah, you did. You told us. Yeah. Actually, you told us what you were working on before the show and thinking about and thinking was successful donnie speaking on what you're thinking what did you think about the season two premiere with our guest shane matthews and that guy's amazing he just kind of he kind of rolls with the punches and uh you know he has so much knowledge about the game we don't we don't really i mean he's he's really uh not only a well um well knowledge of football just overall in life he's got down to earth really impressed that he got he came on our show uh he's on shows all the time and to get him on our show that's amazing that was that was pretty amazing opportunity bill we know you're not much of a gator fan and we know uh with timing and all the issues that we had uh you didn't get a lot of input with the show but what was your reaction to Shane himself and kind of his thoughts and where we we plugged at him a little bit. Um, I thought it was really good. It was interesting to hear from from him, um, just someone in in his position who does what you know what he, what he does and what he's been through. Um, so that was kind of neat. Uh, honestly, I was a little jealous of his microphone because when I listened back to it, you know, he sounds like hella good compared to us. I yeah, do have like a good mic setup or something. He sounded great. I had to in the in the edit. I had to turn him down pretty significantly. He was he was too good. He was too good for the system and definitely unbalanced us. And you could see. I thought he was like very a, patient with us. He was yeah he was very, very patient with us too. Very patient with us. Um, I think I explained to you guys that I kind of felt some impatience uh, during the show. Maybe maybe it was just my own self perception of his impatience, but listening back to it, he was very responsive. Uh, yeah, he didn't seem impatient, like annoyed or anything. No, and when and, you listen back to it, when I was live, it seemed like a little bit. Yeah, like he was like, I can't believe I got to do this stupid shit. Yeah, <laughs> back to it. It's yeah, no, it didn't sound like that. No, he was engaged to what we were yeah. doing. I think he enjoyed it. I really did. Yeah, I think yeah. he really was talking about golf. He don't get to talk about golf that much. I hope he enjoyed it. Yeah, I hope so. We haven't we haven't talked, uh, we haven't talked much since then. And mostly because I know he's busy, and him voicing the Gators now is a very busy. And I know his time is probably stretched thin with with football production. So. Uh, Donnie, were you able to listen to him call either the Utah game or Kentucky game? He was at the Kentucky game. You were at the Kentucky game. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I was there. Tell him, well. I don't, and I don't really know. and truly, and, and really and truly, I mean, I, I did listen to him with the Utah game. Um, look, this is not hard for him. All he's doing is watching what he's taught for years after – being one of the best coaches in the world, Steve Spurrier. And he's he's real 
he just he doesn't really have to do a whole lot of study. He doesn't have to call numbers or anything like. He just kind of a color man and just kind of explain what he sees with his eyes, and he does a great job with it. And he keeps his, he paints that picture, and um, kind of explains the guys that have no clue about football, and he, he brings it he, he brings it to life. So he does a great job. But he doesn't have to do a whole lot of studying. He just shows up. He shows up before game time by hour and a half. So let's go, boys. Let's go. He does a great job. Yeah, he does. Needless, needless to say, it, it took a little while to edit down the episode. <laughs> it was a. It was. It was a. I have no comment. <laughs> buttons has no comment. We're not going to cut the buttons or get. Except for apologizing to the mineral. <laughs> yeah, we definitely owe the mineral an apology because listening back to when I can actually. I'm I'm not gonna say when I can because it's it's not the ability to hear him it's the willingness I think and the attention to him that we give on the show but listening back the three of us just I mean we 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 drowned him out the whole entire show. it was understandable with you three being live together in the same room I think that had a lot to do with it too I yes. remember absolutely nothing there. There are no excuses, and I can understand that. <laughs> our listeners, our listeners can rest assured that we did meet on um, post our our last show a few days later. The the five of us got together and we over a call. We had a little meeting. We made sure that we expressed our deepest regrets and and sorries to the mineral. And then we also made some kind of commitments uh, to each other and to making sure that this is a little more structured well and that everybody on the show, number one, that we can all get uh, valuable time to say what we need to say. And I think our listeners will get more value of hearing instead of the nightmare. And also it'll make a little interesting. Chef is waiting? I thought he wasn't joining. Did everybody get that text too? Yeah, I just got to come in right we now. We have to check in on the chef. Uh, we got a few minutes before I want to roll into the next bit, but let's let's get chef. I didn't expect chef to show up. Chef, can you hear us? Does he have a dial-up network? <laughs> he is. Uh, apparently, he is in London, so I don't know. Yeah. Well. Hello. Can you hear me? Chef. Hello, Chef. Hello. Chef, we weren't expecting you. I know. I'm hiding in the lavatory of a 757 so that I could call you this evening. Outstanding. I am somewhere over the North Atlantic on my way to London. (laughs) You're calling from a commercial flight. That is highly against the rules, number one. And number two, how are you getting a signal from... I didn't say I was on a commercial flight. I said I was on a flight. I have government connections. I worked in the White House. As you know, I'm well connected. Well, Chef, you caught us right in the middle of the review of the last show. I'm glad you were able to jump in... Tell us what, what is what the hell is going on with you? And I didn't know that you and the Queen had a relationship with each other. You never told us that 
you knew the queen, had served the queen, nor that she was fond of you. What's going on? Well, you understand that I am a very deep man. I have history, I have knowledge, and I have been in many, many places with many, many people. Um, as you know, I have worked at the White House for countless presidents. Uh, I was not there the first time Her Majesty visited in the 50s. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> but I was there many, many times serving the president when she visited. She loved my food and came into the kitchen <coughs> to thank me. She was a very, very gracious woman. And we discussed our love of food and fine things, and we became friends. <coughs> Doesn't sound like you should be traveling internationally with that nasty cough you have. Well, if your dear friend passed away, would you miss the funeral? I mean, uh, maybe he's a, not sick. <laughs> okay, I, I don't. That's a. That's a good question. I mean, it, it. I guess it depends on what I'm sick with, Chef. If it's just a, a cold, maybe I, uh, I mask up for a cold or something. Oh, no, no, no. No masking. We don't mask. Oh, please. What are we, California? We don't do that. Um, so what – have you had the chance to go back and listen to the last episode with our guest Shane Matthews? I did. Yes, I, I, I'm sorry. I interrupted Mr. Matthews a couple of times, and I apologize for that. We, we, all, we all did our fair share of interrupting, Chef, I believe. That is, if anybody can hear the jams, because can anybody hear the jams? I do hear it. Yeah, that's our, uh, that's our kid and <laughs> taking a shower. Got the music going in there. Chef, how long will you be displaced in London? I don't want to say displaced. That's horrible. How long will your attention be on the royal family in London? Well, I'm part of the official U.S. delegation. Um, I will be there through the funeral um, unless the royal family asks me to stay longer. So at least through a week from tomorrow, and uh, we will see. Um, the queen consort also likes my food, so I don't know. Maybe I'll be staying on a little longer for King Charles III's reign. I, 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 I'm not a man of conviction. Well, that's not true. I am a man of conviction. I'm not a man tied down. I don't have a current wife and I don't speak to my children. So uh, if I want to stay in London, I'll stay in London as long as the royal family needs, unless of course the White House calls me back because I am a first mind an American, second mind a royalist. Chef, I'm glad you, you're gonna hang around. I have a new little bit that I wanted to do and I'm glad that you're able to hang around for this. This new segment I have named Pack Your Punchline. 
Now, what I will do is I'll read a weird or random news story from across our nation and world. Each of us have to come up with the punchline for that weird or random news story. <coughs> is everybody up for that, first of all? I see Chef Will maybe stealing this, stealing this whole bit. Especially. Uh, yeah, man, I'll try my best. We've got to come up with one for each. You, you, don't, you don't have to. I mean, if you, I mean, just. Just come, just spit them out. Yeah. Just well, throw them I out there. I am if you... useless as the G in lasagna. I don't have nothing. If you, <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> well, if you think that you can rapid fire a bunch of punchlines off, I mean, it's the floor is yours. <laughs> it's open mic. So I will kick it off with the first news story coming from the U.S.-Mexican border uh, U.S. Customs and Border Patrol about three weeks ago seized nearly 1,500 pounds of cocaine. However, these uh, Customs and Border Patrol officials state that the $11.8 million of cocaine was hidden in a shipment of baby wipes. Gentlemen, everybody, buttons, four yours. We need a good punchline. <laughs> I'm not moving to the next one until I get one Seriously good punchline. Wipe your butt with cocaine. Fentanyl is the way to go. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be willing to bet the value of baby wipes was higher than the value of cocaine. $11.8 million yeah. in cocaine was surrounded by $20.4 million. Meanwhile, there's wipes. a shortage of baby wipes. <laughs> Now we Donnie know B, is Donnie B still with us? I feel like they're wiping their ass. Oh. Sounds like they're wipe, sounds like they were wiping their ass with money where the sun don't shine. Yeah, this this isn't much of a comedy podcast, apparently. Uh, a single truck guy. Hey, lo- I warned you. <laughs> <laughs> it's rapid fire. We're we're trying to see where where our talents are. If this is not one of them, this probably will not carry on to the next show. A truck hauling a load of tomatoes crashed after a collision near Vacaville, did I say that right, Vacaville, California, spilling its load across several lanes of Highway 80 in Northern California. Vodka sauce for all. I said that's a lot of tomato paste. The spill there in California made it the second largest tomato spill next to the $5 hot and ready. All right, never mind. Here's a good one. Womp, womp. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give this third time's a charm. Let's try this one. Tariq, a seven-year-old boy from New York, and his family traveled to South Dakota, South Dakota's Corn Palace, for a ceremony honoring his new position as the state's official corn ambassador. Everything changed for young Tariq when he slapped some butter on that ear of corn. Buttons, you got that's, something? No, that's pretty. I just like his little video. There I like Cole. We don't have a video. Maybe it's we'll the most put beautiful that. thing. We'll be we'll be sure to post that uh, video on Twitter. It was really. That's good. just corny. Hey, that's that's what I just said, Chef. Oh shucks. I'm sorry, you were breaking up. Damn it, man. Corny bit. That's all right, folks. Of course, we started out with the shitty shit. We're gonna get better as the show goes on because coming up, we do have. Our guest, Jeff Danner, golf course architect. Oh, are you going to talk about golf on a not a golf podcast podcast? No, I have some good questions. I have some good questions for uh, Sir. 
So let's uh, take a short break. When we come back, like I said, we'll have Jeffrey Danner. We've got a little sports segment. We'll check up on football. The Minerals Minute, as usual, pick'ems. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hello, and welcome to McDonald's. You've probably heard we're revamping our image. But you may not know about all the wonderful new changes in store for our customers. You've seen our hot new hipster hamburglar. But have you seen the new Grimace? He used to be such a sourpuss. But now, he's a puss magnet. Uh -huh. <laughs> we also have a new burger for all you tree huggers out there who are too snobby to eat fresh patties from enormous vats of ground up cows. The McCarrot Burger. Mmm, healthy and delicious. But don't worry, we've still got all the classics, like the Big Mac. And we're not gonna change the Big Mac or the special sauce inside it. Our founder's grandson's great nephew, Randy's been making it, whatever it is, for 45 years. I make it at home in the back room, late at night. Now let's talk dessert. The apple filling in our baked apple pie was too hot for some people, so we replaced it with something a lot cooler, gumballs. And of course, there have been a lot of questions about just what kind of fish is in the fillet of fish. It's fish, right? Yeah, of course. It's yeah. A, it definitely, it's a fish. But we're not just updating the menu; we're upgrading the entire experience. Karen, do you remember those complaints from moms about the cleanliness of the ball pit at the play place? I sure do, Jeff. But not to worry; those ball pits will be scrubbed clean by our new global head of play place cleanliness, Randy. They told me I could legally wash the children's balls. Whoa! Don't worry about how that sounds. Randy will only be allowed to clean when our locations are closed. Dang it. Wait a minute. We almost forgot about Ronald. Ah. Studies show that Ronald McDonald actually scares the shit out of children, so he's now known as health expert Ronald McDoctor. Hi. Nothing is healthier than eating at McDonald's. Uh, try our gumball pies. They're very slimming. Thanks, Doc. Hey, Jeff, isn't it about time for our jingle? You mean, I'm loving it? No, silly, the new one. Oh, yeah. Hit it, maestro. Mickey D's, you have no other choice at the airport. So come on down to the new McDonald's, which is now called Anywhere But McDonald's. As in, where do you want to eat tonight, Jeff? Anywhere But McDonald's. <laughs> oh, yeah, one more thing. F you, Morgan Spurlock. Dick. Anywhere but McDonald's, you still have no other choice at the airport. And there ain't no more Happy Meals, neither. Unless you all beg me for it. Welcome back, folks. Glad you're still with us, if you're still with us. Before we get any further into this, download, subscribe, share wherever you watch or listen to our podcast. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at NotAGolfPod. I want to go into Buttons Review, and I'm going to, again, steer this because she has been uh, kind of in the TV and, and the, the looking up places for what's come, what's come on, and what's coming. That was, that was supposed to be two things, and I made it three. Uh, <laughs> so, first, Buttons, I want to ask you, you watched... Uh, House of Dragons. Yes. Which is Game of Thrones little spin off. Yes. What supposed to be set like a hundred years Everybody alright? Anyways, it's supposed to be set like a hundred years prior to Game of Thrones. It's the story of the Targaryens. 
What did you think of it? It was pretty good so far. It's only been like three episodes, but it's interesting. Does it live up to the... Yeah, I heard good things about it. You were a very big fan of Game of Thrones. And... Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know yet. I Did have you to... guys watch Game I of need Thrones? More. No. I need Miss more. Buttons, you don't seem convinced. You seem like a hundred years before is a hundred years worse. <laughs> no, I just need some more episodes so I can get a better feeling about it. I just, you know, it ain't been long, long enough. Bill... Did you, did you uh, like the Lord of the Rings? I love me some Lord of the Rings. I haven't seen the new show. It's though. awesome. So that was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna say. Well, I think we can. If you like Lord of the Rings, I, you might fit in a little better here. Uh, did you say you had seen or you had not seen it, Bill? I have not. Okay. I don't have Amazon Prime. Without giving Amazon away Video spoilers, buttons. Yeah. No, you can go ahead and give away. It's fine. I'm, I'm no, probably I'm not. not giving away any spoilers. Y'all have to watch it. But it's really good. And it's pretty much it's set in the past, too, before, like, The Hobbit and stuff. So it's really good. Donnie, I were you a Lord? Watching it. Were you a Lord of the Rings? Lord of the Rings? I enjoyed it. Pretty awesome. Yep. Did you, did you see that? It's been a long time ago, but I, I mean, it was a good movie. How long has it been since the last one? Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit? Yeah, because they're, well, which, I mean, they're the, the same story, but... Uh, Lord, of the, Lord of the Rings was like 2002, early 2000? 2003 or something like that. Yeah. It was and The then, Return of the King. And then Hobbit was like 12 or 14, I think. Yeah, somewhere around there. He, I think he's right. Close to that, anyway. <laughs> Did you happen to see how it was... How it's done. Rating? Like rating? No, I have not. No. I have not. I've heard mixed reviews about it from what I've read. Some people love it. Some people, eh. So, yeah, I think, I think that yeah, one's it's, Well, there's only a few episodes out. So, again, like the other show, I, you know, it, it needs some more episodes out. So, and then yeah. I don't, yeah, sometimes I think you just need more episodes to watch to get a feeling on it. Yeah. Now I've heard nothing but good things about House of Dragons. That one's got yeah, some good, good. good feedback. Why do you have to watch five episodes before you like a show? I don't understand. Well, it's not that you like it. I just, well, for not, it's not the original show though. So when it's like, when they do those spinoffs or whatever, yes, I need a few episodes before I can actually Say yes, this is gonna be good. Buttons is there anything else we're missing in Hollywood? Uh, it depends on what you like. I know that I'm waiting for the Winchesters, which is a spinoff from Supernatural, and Hocus Pocus Two is coming out, which is gonna be really good. I think uh, they're making a live-action Little Mermaid that looked dumb as shit. Yeah, we didn't we just see that? Yes, I just seen that last night. And I'm a little disappointed only, and not, not being racist or nothing, but I stick with the original. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Like, how are they going to have a, like, her best friend was a lobster. I don't get how they're going to have him talk or a live-action lobster be her best friend. Well, actually, her best friend was a fish. Or a fish, yeah. a bird. 
Sebastian Crab was kind of But yeah, like, how they gonna have like a pigeon, it. especially a stupid pigeon like Sebastian? Like, how they gonna have him be your best friend? Like, it's it's I don't think it's gonna be good. Uh, probably the same way they did Lion King and Jungle Book. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I'm, I'm gonna definitely watch it, but I think they should have definitely stuck to original classic. <laughs> so also in, in TV buttons you have Willow. Yes, the new Willow series is coming. Willow lives. I'm so excited about that too. Correct. And then the have you guys seen go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> have you guys seen the trailer for the new Santa Clauses that's coming out uh this Christmas? Mm-mm. You got to go check it out. We'll post a link to it as well. Uh, but it's got, uh, it's got it's got Peyton Manning in it, and it's it's hilarious. You need to go check out the trailer to that. Interesting. It's gonna be a TV show, but though, like a series. It's not gonna be a movie. Mm. Oh, I did not. Mm-hmm. I did not recognize. If we're gonna bring back something to television, couldn't it be the Victoria's Secret lingerie? catalog show i don't remember that what i'm not really sure what you're talking about either is that the thing they used to do on tv like once a year yes with the angels and the girls and the lingerie Uh, well probably because they're all crackheaded looking and ain't nobody want to look at that i meant to catch the other night (laughs) chef you chef or even donnie you may donnie you may not no this was probably before chef i don't we're not really sure how old you are, but uh, a lot. Our buddy, uh, our friend Nathan Crace, uh, tweeted the other day that a show called maybe it was a show I don't know a special maybe called the this or the Mad 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 World. Apparently, it was from the sixties or seventies. Supposed to be this big, or supposed to be this funny, and I meant to catch I meant to put a recording for it. It was at two AM, but if anybody wants to send me some reviews on that mad 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 You don't know that movie? No. I did the craft service table at that movie. Well I damn sure didn't know that. No, what never heard oh I damn sure damn sure didn't know that. Young man, you don't know what you don't know. Nope. I do not. I do want to catch it, though, uh, so I'll find it again. I think it was on TCM or something like that at 2 o'clock in the morning. I meant to set the record, but I didn't. Donnie, are you, do you know about that? And I don't know what you don't know that he knows. <laughs> I know point. even less. Buttons. I don't know anything. What else you got for us? Anything you looking forward to before we wrap it up? Uh, the Walking Dead se- uh, series finale, and still waiting for Vino number two from Mr. Nathan himself. Speaking of Nathan Crace, I knew that Vino number two. I'm on glass of Vino number four. It's a book, <laughs> Chef. It's a book. Not a drink. Nathan, we are still Not waiting on Vino two. Um, we'll get him on here and we'll put him on the spot for that. Oh, you know I'm going to. Can we talk about the zombies for a minute? Sure, go ahead. What the about Walking them? Dead? They walk among us. Just Walking Dead, zombies, whatever. So, go ahead, Donnie. So, Buttons, tell me, I mean, what is the motivation of this, uh, this the story? What, what are they trying to accomplish with this? I mean, because I've watched it, 
and the dudes, they just die. I mean, there's nothing to it. I mean, tell me, give me a reason why you should watch episode after episode. Because, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm like uh, going, I'm watching this series of Walking Dead and, you know, it's kind of like a, it's so much watching a soap opera. You like need to watch Hey, Chef, you, I, I think the altitude's getting to you. Hold on a second. So, so, so what I'm saying is, okay, so I can watch it one series and miss four and pick it up series five or episode five and know exactly what's going on. No. No, yep. you cannot. Okay. You have to watch each episode. She's lying. In order. No, I'm not lying, and it's 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 about survive their survival and their losses and how they overcome it, and that the you know that the real evil is the human beings, not the zombies. That's a good point. That's a very good point. But the the zombies they don't really ever die, do they? If you kill them, they do. Do you mean like they die um, out and there is no more zombies? Yeah. You mean well, there's going to be a time when the they're gone? If you have to, you have to um, basically kill them in the head. So, you know, shooting them in the chest and stuff doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It's a brain, it's like a, a brain right. virus or something that's just yep. eating off the bodies. And yes. you have to take the shot to the brains by throwing a spear. By yow. Yes, yeah, and on the show, the they have not killed, like, they haven't, um, like, they haven't killed them all off to where there isn't any, so, now whether I they do I that. Yeah, I swear I've seen the same dude get shot 15 times. They all look the same. I will agree that the, the story <laughs> is in the humanity in the midst of death. Yes. I, I think that's... That's the way to symbolize it. It's, yeah. it's humanity. Like I said, it's the good and survival. bad of humanity in the midst of nothing but death. Yep. So. And how they come to live among the zombies. Fear well, I'm talking about. Or, yeah, I'm uh, talking about. Yeah. What is, but I'm saying that I swear they shot the same dude 15 times. He's on every every episode. It's the same dude's coming across that screen. You know, here he is. Talk about Like the Sorry. same zombie guy? Yeah, I mean, it's like the same one every time. I mean, you ain't got fat ones, skinny ones, and medium ones. They're all the same size. Yeah, you know they I mean? do have they some do. actors that do portray different zombies. Yeah. And, you know, after oh. a while being decayed, they all look the same anyway, so. But they need to get some of them, like, like Chef Wilson from Victoria's Secret, and put them out there, some zombies looking like that. That's what, they what I'm saying. So you want to see rotting naked people? That's kind of gross. <laughs> No, I'd like to see hot naked people. But these are zombies. <laughs> yeah, but I'm telling you, this the zombie thing, man, it's like they don't, I mean, they keep well, coming up. I don't up. watch they it keep... for the zombies. And I'll honestly, I didn't start watching it when it first started because of the zombies. And then uh, my kids actually got me into, into the show. And then if you watch behind the scenes, it shows you how they make all that stuff. And it doesn't, it's no big deal. <laughs> so. Well, you know, um, not to add to, add to that, y'all don't know who Jay Howell from uh, Live Oak actually does makeup for that. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's His really parents cool. own uh, North Florida Printing, okay. and he works, works there, but he also does makeup for the movies. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. 
Yep. Anyway. Well, folks, it yep. is time to run in straight into, right into, immediately into our sports segments. Let's uh, kick off the sports segment. I want to recap week one and two, fellas, of NCAA football, NFL football, uh, kind of what we follow here on the show and what our our listeners, at least where I can see most of our listeners from, uh, come from. Kind of want to give an update on that. So week one, I'll start with uh, college football. Week one, Duke pitches a shutout at home to Temple. University yeah. of my University of Miami goes, does a a great showing, uh, hosting Bethune Cookman seventy to thirteen. Yeah, they do. Yes, they do. Uh, our Gators uh, barely pull off Utah uh, in the swamp twenty nine to twenty six, and Penn State heads to Purdue and barely brushes them off thirty five to thirty one. Week two, uh, Duke heads to Northwestern. Uh, they win. No, baby. They win 31-23, puts them 2-0 currently. Southern Miss uh, loses to Miami down in South Florida, 30-7. That puts Miami <laughs> 2-0. Our Gators, Donnie, our Gators fall in the swamp to UK, uh, just kind of proving to me that um, climate played a big deal in Utah's game. I think it played a very big deal. We played great in the beginning of the game. We played good enough to hold on. Uh, we got gassed. We made big mistakes, and their run game just punched a big hole. UK comes to the swamp, takes us by 10 points, 26 to 16. And then Ohio heads to Penn State, where Penn State cleans them 46 to 10. Now, a couple upsets from this past week. Texas A&M, number six Texas A&M, falls to Appalachian State by three points in Kyle Field. So in Aggie territory, Texas A&M uh, can't pull off a win. Big upset there. These are top ten upsets, by the way. And then number eight Notre Dame falls to Marshall by five points at home. I know Chef Will has something to say about Notre Dame falling to Marshall at home well it's god's team and i don't understand i don't either anyway i said it, I said it week one notre dame i thought was overrated i said yeah. ohio state was gonna clock them i said ohio, i said notre dame was overrated blasphemer you did say blasphemer that. no one talks bad about god's team Big upset at home to Marshall. NFL week one. Our pickums, Buffalo goes to L.A., embarrasses the Rams. Uh, that was the deciding factor. We'll get to that later in pickums. That was the deciding factor in our pickums. Uh, Philadelphia wins in Detroit, barely 38-35. We have Miami over New England, 20-7. to How about that, Chef Will? Oh, that was a beautiful win. Oh, there are fires in the parking lot, fires in the stadium. Oh, fires, fires, fires. Most uh, of them should be Belichick. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on in New England, apparently. And, of course, Jacksonville falls, uh, listeners, to Washington 22-28. And our Steelers in overtime – uh, we're able to pull off a win in Cincinnati, twenty-three to twenty. 
I want to know that everyone's thoughts. Uh, Donnie, we'll start with you. Kind of what are your thoughts on the initial landscape of the football season? Donnie, still with us, buddy? NFL, NFL or college? No, I, just kind of football in general. Give us a little. Uh, oh, man, it's the best comments. time of the year. It's the best time of the year. Yes, but what do you I mean, think of, of it so far? Uh, oh, I mean, you never know what's going to happen from one week to the next. I mean, who think who would think that Texas A&M at home would lose to Appalachian State? Now, Appalachian State has a history of upsetting D1 schools, like uh, remember Michigan years ago. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. Then they came pretty close last week, you know, against Pittsburgh. Wasn't it Pittsburgh? You know, Appalachian State's Appalachian State's a good D two team, man. Like real good. So you know, you got. Got a deal there where you've got a lot of stuff happening. I mean, who th- who would thought Notre Dame would lose to Marshall? You know, Marshall didn't have a program years ago, if you remember. And mm-hmm. uh, they were only known for people like Randy Moss. <laughs> I mean, he was a great wide receiver there. But Marshall beating Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Notre Dame could not have a winning season this year. I mean, I don't think they will. In Texas A&M, you know, with uh, Jimbo Fisher, of course, the $10 million man, He's not doing very well down there, over there. So, you know, on the NFL front, um, gosh, you know, it's just getting started. But uh, already some great games. And I can't believe Miami, what they did to New England. But that was that was a shocker to me. I don't know about you guys. Definitely a shocker. Uh, Liam checking in in the sports segment there. Liam, buddy, you're, you're kind of tagging in here. What does that make, four or five episodes now? Mm-mm. We got to get him. He just got. He just got. He just got done with his homework. So uh, he's good job, Liam. Good job. Yeah, guys, there. Um, there's been a lot of buzz with, uh, with really an unclear line of opinion surrounding traditional versus new and modern looks as far as the uniform goes, team uniform, and this goes. I'm talking. It covers football, baseball, basketball. Again, you have some who, who like the traditional look. You have some who like the new look. You like some who have the mix. Bill, what is? Do you, do you have any kind of idea of what the buzz is surrounding the traditional uniforms? What is your stance on this? We'll give you a little bit, and we'll also check in with Donnie and see what he thinks. Um, I... I don't, I don't get it. I don't know if it's league rules or, or what or why they just haven't changed them or if it's just teams. Um, but, yeah, I don't see why teams can't do more things because you see schools like Oregon and even a couple other college schools are getting into the mix where they got the new matte look helmets and, you know, they're switching up their uniforms and doing different things. And, I mean, even in the NFL, they have color rush, but – that's apparently maybe only Thursdays if you want or if the team wants. Like, I just don't know why more teams don't embrace, like, doing crazier things with their uniforms more often. Um, obviously, like, still keep it, you know, all the players the same. Don't allow, like you were saying last week with Florida, like, oh, we're going to do this crazy jersey top and you can do white socks or black or whatever. No, keep everything the same. But just – Mix it up a little bit, like Notre, like Notre Dame. Like, could you be more boring? That's a good Penn point, State. Donnie. Donnie. Penn State, like, 
come on, man. Like, really? All these years, you can't, like, for one game? Like, baseball. Yankees. I'm sure you could do something other than pinstripes once. It's sounding like the mineral is definitely a proponent for mixing it up. Maybe not not changing it, but mixing it up here and there. Donnie, what do you think about traditional versus neo, the neo-style uniforms? Well, I mean, we've tried it. Um, I actually like the throwbacks better than I like the new modern style. You remember, like, Florida, Florida. Uh, about uh, two years ago, did these alligator look uniforms. They look stupid, but I like throwbacks. I can deal with that. But the, the tradition, like, so like, um, I mean, I, I just if you have an identity, okay, let's look at Penn State. You know, they got the black shoes and the black or the blue and the white. That's the tradition. That's what they're always going to wear. A one on the road versus at home. They're going to wear white on the road. They're going to wear their uh, solid white. Are they going to wear a uh, black top, white? You know, I mean, that's, that's their tradition. That's what they're going to do. Notre Dame, same thing. Okay. So I'm more of a traditional guy. I get Bill what he's saying. But, you know, you got teams out there like that Oregon that have like Nike. They, they, I mean, Nike, they have different uniforms every every week. But you know what? I was surprised. They laid out the University of the Gators, uh, the, the all 12 games, and they actually have all the uniforms they're already going to wear, and they actually have a different pattern for all 12 games. I was not happy that the orange jersey did not make it onto that layout. Yeah. So, Bill, one of the major components to the uniform would be the helmet. And you look at, at, at schools whose traditional uniforms, which if you look at all the schools traditionally don't have a lot on their helmets, but even currently the, the Neo... I'm going to say the neo, neoclassical, which is kind of the – no, that's not even the right word. You know, what we're used to, it's a blank helmet. Penn State, again, another one, just kind of a, a blank or, or helmet. Or even just like the classic shiny look. Like, I, I really like when teams do the, the matte finish on the helmet. And like, the chromed out, like, the, like Notre Dame's uh, gold um, – Gloss, the glossy, very glossy. Yeah, the gloss, yeah like instead of doing the gloss, do a matte finish on something. Like, you know. Ooh, a Notre Dame matte. I, I will agree that places like Notre Dame, and this is a, that's kind of Notre, you know, Notre Dame is a, is a great example. Donnie, what do you think about Notre Dame mixing it up beyond what they've already done? And, and I don't think they've done much more than just making the helmet shiny. Have they put anything on the helmet yet? Ever? No. That that there's a ugly uniform. <laughs> I don't think they yeah, can do much with them. You know? They, I, mean, I, I don't I don't think they do much with what they got. I don't are they blue and gold or are they blue, black and gold? Uh, which one are they? The blue and gold? Mostly blue and gold. Like a navy blue yeah. like a navy blue and gold. Yeah. I mean what can you do with that, right? you could put an nd on this side notre dame like you could put the little yeah. Irish logo like put the little leprechaun on the chest like, has penn state not- have they not have they used because they you know they have a a logo that's the their nittany yeah. Line or whatever. Yeah, have they put it on the helmet yet because that's a great no. very penn state's very no, they- popular 
They did Always. traditional number. Yeah, like Alabama. You won't ever see an A on Alabama. It's just going to be the number. Yeah, I wouldn't that's... mind seeing Alabama having the A, the script A on one side, and maybe the uh, Dude, the number the, on the other the, side. The not going to happen. Put the damn elephant on there. Not going to happen. Yeah, uh, Bear Bryant would roll over in his grave. It's not going to happen. Stanford, Stanford, put that pine tree on your helmet. (laughs) They're not going to happen. Hey, you know what? I back to Florida. Put the trunk at the back and just have the tree going right up through the middle of the helmet. Donnie, what is what would be in a modern uniform? What would probably be the craziest mascot to actually put? on the helmet okay so like you think of the crimson tide right they have the elephant right. the hurricane is a bird which is actually a particular bird that only shows up in florida during hurricane season um what would what would you think would probably be the most out of box mascot to put on a helmet well first of all i've been trying to ask this i asked this last week nobody's been answering what is a youth what the hell is a youth? A youth is actually a band of in, uh, Native Americans from. Okay, so at Utah Ute is a band of Americans. Yeah, and they have the Native Americans. Native Other... Americans. Uh, Native Americans. That's what it is. Yeah, I don't know what a youth is. That's Native, Native American tribe. Okay. It's just like Seminole. Uh... Gotcha. Okay. All right. Um, so, okay. So you got, so you got like uh, Auburn. I've always wanted to know this. Auburn Tigers or Auburn War Eagles? So how would you put that on the helmet? Is it a War Eagle or is it a Tiger? You know what I mean? Which one is it? That's just their chant. But there's an actual eagle that flies at the game, Bill. Yeah, Uh, it does. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know why. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me either. Imagine A Tiger and an Eagle, they they say War Eagle. They say it at the games, War Eagle. Auburn. Tigers or eagle, yeah. But yeah, I, I think the elephant from the uh, see a big old elephant on the Alabama hat that on the helmet that would be pretty trippy to me. The Akron <laughs> Zips, they got they could put a big old kangaroo on their helmet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chef, I, I kind of hate to take a stab at you here, but I think as far as mascots and uniforms go, the Miami Dolphins have the weakest. I mean, I, I, I think when I think of dang, I, think I can't of, believe you said that. When I dang. think of a sports team, I've always thought that. Just kind of, you know, because <sighs> when you think of sports team, you want to think of something intimidating, something uh, predatory, something, um, you know, something with an edge, something. A dolphin just, I, and I never understood that. Why, why would you choose like the the Wisconsin Badgers? Really, are we? We're. We can't think of anything better than the Badgers. I know you ain't talking shit about Miami Dolphins. I'm not talking shit about the Dolphins. You just said that that was a weak mascot. That's what you said. This went way further than what I had scripted for this. (laughs) Dolphins. I apologize for. Seventeen and zero. That's all I can say when they say the Dolphins. They can put all kinds of stuff on that. That Dolphin logo is represents seventeen and zero one year. Never been done. This started, this started with, with uniforms, and, and I'll tie two points together here. 
The Dolphins. Squirrel. Let's talk about the Dolphins. If you were to propose, Bill, a new uniform for the Dolphins, what do you – paint us a picture of a, of a player running out of a tunnel in your freshly designed Dolphins uniform that you had the privilege of, of designing. Um, I don't know, a better way to do the color scheme and then maybe the Dolphin have it look a little fiercer or – have it. I don't know. I'm not an artist, so that one's a tough one for me. But I like them the way it is. I like a. I would like a teal helmet, the with the chrome, with the chrome look, the shiny look, but the yeah. teal color. Uh, and an all teal. They've done that. They put put the dolphin's eye red, make it look more evil. Oh, a intimidating! Go. Don't make it such a bitch ass dolphin. <laughs> 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 the dolphin looks like yeah. it's gonna get slapped around a little. Golly, you know, like like a dolphin that grew up in Miami, right? Yeah, just got bitch slapped a little too much. I mean, he's a tough ass dolphin, and it's probably Cuban. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like I say, he's a do, and he's a little bit of a fro going on the top of his head. You know what I mean? With some red eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Bring you all to Miami, <laughs> and let's have a talk. <laughs> Oh. Mr. Alaska, Mr. America, and you, Jay, with the long hair. <laughs> of course, Mrs. Buttons is welcome as well. But the rest of you, come, come to the city and let's talk. I'm with Chef. All right. We may have to figure that out, Chef. Uh, closing thoughts on the uniforms on the sports segment, Bill. Um, let's just, you know, it's the 21st century, damn it. Let's get with the times. Like, and I know Donnie, you were saying like with Nike and Oregon, I know other schools are sponsored by like Adidas, Under Armour, and even Nike probably for some as well. Like, let's just get with the times. Let's, and it's a money-making thing. Like you could sell probably way more jerseys if you offered like unique specialty worn game jersey you're not like game worn but you know the, the look like oh this was our thursday night unique uniform you could just sell like i don't know i just think they could make more money and just let's get with the damn times i say don't i, want, I want a game worn chef coat i want a, a logo let's all do it exactly not a golf podcast they're gonna be way cooler Hey, Bill, check this out. So, Florida isn't um, uh, sponsored by Nike, too, but they got a, the greatest basketball player ever on their uniforms. That make that, does that make sense? The jump man. Yeah. The jump man. That's crazy, isn't it? It's got a basketball player on it. Go on. It but anyway. Well, that's so, yeah, that's kind of – that's yeah. really, an, really just kind of an iconic trademark of – yeah. Someone who changed the company, Nike as a company. Yeah, really he, did. He is responsible for Nike, I think, in my opinion. I think he's responsible for who Nike is today. Right. He's like Chef of, Will and the Chef, Chef business. Thank you. Thank you yeah. for agreeing that I have changed Nike. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. 
Uh, folks, uh, when we come back, we'll be joined by our guest, Jeff Danner, and still to come, the Minerals Minute. But first, this is Rob Rock with his song, I'm a Warrior. <laughs>
folks, welcome back. I'm going to skip the download, uh, follow bullshit. I'm going to go straight into our guest intro. We are joined by golf course architect Jeffrey Danner, international award-winning uh, design for some of the top firms, including Greg Norman Design, currently one of three architects in the world to hold membership with the Europeans and the American societies uh, or institutes of Garf Architects, uh, recently partnered with Forrest Richardson to form the Richardson Danner Golf Course Architects. My mentor, Jeffrey, what you drinking, what you thinking? <laughs> uh, well, I was drinking a Goose Island uh, 312 Pale Ale. And uh, what I'm thinking right now is uh, it, why do we pay people to watch our children so that we can go to work and make money to spend more time with our children why don't we just pay people to do our jobs so that we can stay at home and spend more time with our children donnie b and bill zinc this man got the text on what you drink and what you're thinking he probably just read the text an hour and a half ago and he nailed what you drink and what yeah, you're he thinking. did he jeff that's all that's true uh, let me give you the introduction, uh, oh. Jeff. Uh, we've got, of course, you know the beautiful Becca Buttons here next to me. We've got Bill the Minerals, Inc. from Anchorage, Alaska, who you've also met in person and know. And then my good buddy, Mr. America himself, Donnie B. They're going to hang with us uh, for this interview. Mostly questions will come from me. They'll probably just sit there and listen. So, Jeff, you, you just made it into Chicago. We thank you for joining us. First of all, Jeff, I ask everybody, uh, everybody, the two guests that we've had on our show, you being the third, what's your, give us your introduction to golf. Well, um, I don't come from a golf family at all. Um, the biggest golfers in my family were my grandmother on my mom's side and my mom. And uh, the only reason my dad picked up golf was to impress my mother's father. Um, <laughs> they, they would be considered, you know, nothing more than weekend hackers at best. And, um, you know, they just offered to take me to the golf course one day and I went with them. And by the time the day was over, I told them that I hate this stupid game. I'm never playing again. Uh, take me home. And, um, I don't know when exactly it happened. I, th I think I started, you know, practicing with wiffle balls and stuff out in our backyard and taking little, utility flags and placing them around the yard and trying to come up with as many different routings as I could. Um, and then I asked them to take me back to the golf course. And I guess I must've hit a couple of solid shots and I just got bit by the golf bug. And from that point on, I was playing every single day, um, basically until I went to college and, um, yeah, that's, that's the intro to golf for me. What golf course was that that your parents were taking you to i know up in that area where you grew up between the freeport illinois wausau or did i say that right wausau wisconsin what you did were they taking you to there's a lot of good golf up in that region well uh you know freeport is a town of probably not even twenty thousand people and they had two golf courses in the city and one was the country club which you know, was just down the street from me, but we weren't members there. Um, and the other was a 36 hole public facility called Park Hills Golf Club, um, you know, not laid out by any 
architect of note, kind of a one hit wonder kind of thing. And um, two very distinctly different 18 hole golf courses that was very junior friendly. I mean, I can remember, you know, a year, year long pass was, you know, less than a hundred dollars at one point in time. And um, so Park Park Hills was, was where it all started for me. And, um, you know, it's, it's been some time since I've been back there, but um, as far as I know, it's, it's still going strong. And that's because they're, you know, a very, very frugal and, and very accommodating public golf facility in Northwestern Illinois. And, and actually, um, has a lot of good junior golfers and, and good high school players that come out of there. Of course, getting to know you better. And of course, reading up on you, doing my research, I've learned that you, you around 11, like you said, you started just putting pin flags out and, and you were kind of feeling this need that your spirit had was to play golf. And what I find to be the common theme among architects is that when they were a child, they were routing golf courses in whatever space that they had. Um, I myself, I had, luckily I grew up next to my grandmother, a property adjacent, so I had a course routed in a figure eight. How would, how would you say that those, those early thoughts, I, I, hold on, let me restructure the question. Do you think those early thoughts of strategy still shape not only you being a golf course architect, but how you think about golf course architecture today? Yeah, I, I definitely think so, because obviously if you're an 11 year old and you have a handful of, you know, utility flags, you don't have a bulldozer um, and you don't have any kind of equipment. Maybe you have a lawnmower, but I didn't even use a lawnmower to shorten the grass because I was cutting the grass every week anyway for my dad. So, um, you know, I, I basically took what I had and used the land that I was given. And I have to say, I was, I feel like I was fairly lucky. I mean, we were on a, a quarter acre lot with a lot of, you know, undulation and interesting old sort of landscape stuff. It was actually probably one of the poorest decisions ever to actually build a house on this lot because, you know, 60, 70 years ago, it was a public pool and they built the house in the side of a hill um, and the basement was basically the bottom of the pool and all over the property, all over the property, you could find, you know, the lip or the edge of the actual pool. So you could follow the outline of it. And um, I know what you're thinking. And the answer is yes, we had a lot of flooding in our basement pretty much every single year. And actually the, the guy who we bought the land from or the, the house from, um, I think he eventually got sued by not us because uh, we were long gone, but somebody who who probably bought the house afterwards because he didn't disclose all this information um, in previous sales. So um, that aside, um, there was a lot of interesting sort of landforms and, you know, we backed up against um, a stand of trees or forest. So there was a lot of natural features to work with. And I essentially had to use all that, you know, to guide the holes that I was creating. So, you know, rather than doing an island green with like railroad ties or something, you know, I'd, I'd aim at the flower bed that was surrounded by a retaining wall, you know, 
retaining wall blocks that you would get from Lowe's or something like that. And I would just go, you know, much to my parents' dismay, I'd go clear a little area in the flower bed and stick a flag in and then stand across the driveway and, and, um, and hit balls towards it or whatever. So I would come up with all these different routings. I had probably eight or nine of them, um, you know, in some form or fashion. And I, I certainly had my favorites, but on every single one of them, I was trying to use the existing features as much as possible because I had no other choice. I couldn't move anything. I couldn't really create anything. So I would definitely say that that's carried through to my philosophy today. And I know you hear a lot of architects say that they use the land um, and that that's certainly true for myself. I'm always looking at what the existing piece of property has to offer and trying to figure out how I can leverage that to create a fantastic golf hole without necessarily having to use bunkers or um, a traditional hazard that you actually have to go in there and create. So sorry, Jay, but you wouldn't have shaped any of my earlier golf courses because I wouldn't have needed you. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad that uh, you went the the intellectual route and I chose to go the blue collar route because I think uh, we filled each other's void very well, at least in recent past. But never... that sounds very chinky, I, I have to say. But go <laughs> on. Does kind of. A couple other things before I roll out of of golf into more of more of Jeff Danner, not the golf course architect. You're one of three members of both the Insti uh, European Institute of Golf Course Architects and the American Society of Golf Course Architects. Who are the are the other two? Uh, the other one is Tom Marzoff, who's a senior associate for Tom Fazio. And the other is a gentleman named Augustine Pisa, who's um, a Mexican golf course architect, actually born in San Diego, but, um, you know, lives, lives in Mexico. And uh, yeah, I know uh, Augustine himself started with the Europeans the same way I did. And that was through their postgraduate diploma course. Um, which is also a path to membership for that organization. Um, so that's how we both became members. He was before me for the Europeans. Um, and then obviously Tom Marzolf is a um, industry veteran. He's a guy who's given me a lot of great advice over the years um, and a longtime member and past president of the American Society of Golf Course Architects. He did um, the project over at Adair Manor and uh, was living in Europe for, for a while. So that actually, that actually helped him qualify to be a member of, of both organizations. And um, look, I'm, I'm not gonna accuse anybody of, every, of anything, but the first time I met Tom was on a study tour between the Australian architects, the European architects and the American architects. And at the time, um, I was a member of only the Ameri or sorry, the European architects. And uh, the study tour was based in the Surrey region around London, uh, the Heathland courses over there. And we sat together at lunch one day and, uh, you know, he said, so why aren't you a member of the American Society of Golf Course Architects? And, you know, I explained to him that, you know, I'm still a young guy. I, I didn't think that I qualified. Um, you know, and he, he strongly encouraged me to qualify and or to uh, to apply for the American Society of Golf Course Architects. And I actually have to give him a lot of credit for giving me that push to go ahead and do it because 
you know, I went ahead and did it and became a member, um, you know, less than two years later. But um, <laughs> back to the accusation part of it, you know, I, I basically told them point blank at that table uh, that day that my goal was to be the only member of the Europeans and the Americans. And uh, he beat me to the punch because the very following year at our European Architects meeting, he was becoming a member of the European Institute of Golf Course Architects. And I hadn't fully um, completed the process of, of American Society of Golf Course Architects. So I'm wondering if maybe I put a little idea in his head. I, I certainly can't, I certainly can't prove it by any means, but, uh, and then Augustine followed, I think a year or two later um, after that happened. So the three of us, all kind of share that uh, that honor, if you will, and um, yeah, it's pretty cool because I get to see both of them at all the meetings and stuff, and uh, they're both a lot of fun to be around. So I enjoy it. I would imagine Augustine Pisa is probably cool to hang around with, and Buttons made a good point to this: is that he looks a lot like Joey Fatone. <laughs> Very much resemble it, and I'm gonna put I together. I thought that's who that who it was. <laughs> I'm when I sent you the picture of them two together, she asked who was who. And she loved NSYNC. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, well, so, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, Augie is a real fun guy to be around. He's usually at the end of all the structured activities or, or dinners and whatnot. You had a decision to make. You know, either you could go home and go to bed and get plenty of rest for the following day, or you could follow Augie Pisa into the night and see what happens. And um, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the American Society of Golf Course Architects, and uh, one of the gentlemen I've had the, the pleasure of meeting in conjunction with yourself is past president, Mr. Forrest Richardson. Uh, you've recently, here in the last couple years, partnered with Mr. Richardson, uh, wow, Mr. Richardson just didn't sound right. I'm sorry. No, Partner it doesn't. With, with Forrest uh, <laughs> to form Richardson Danner Golf Course Architects. I, I know I, I kind of got the feeling because I, I love the character of Forrest. He's he's it's God. It's it's just you never know what to expect. He's off the wall. It's quirky. Uh, the comments just come out of left field, and and you don't know whether he's being serious or if he's or if he's joking around. Ninety percent of the time, it's a joke, or he's being serious, using uh, using a joke to give you a serious message, should I say? But what is it about Forrest and your relationship with him that encouraged you to, uh, you know, you you had a pretty a pretty good place at a pretty good firm with Greg Norman. What in, what was it about Forrest and what he was doing that encouraged you to partner with him? Whenever anyone asks me this type of question, I, I always have to start off by saying, um, you know, Forrest was kind of always there for me for the beginning, from the beginning, even though he didn't know it. And what I mean by that is, you know, when you start, I studied landscape architecture in college. And I kind of found out by my sophomore, junior year that there was very little golf 
um, focus in the curriculum. Uh, I did have an opportunity to do like an independent study or an area of focus, and I decided to do it on golf course design. And uh, so naturally, coming up with my own studio class and my own um, design projects um, to get for college credit, I had to do my own research. And along with uh, Dr. Hurdson, uh, Mike Hurdson, another golf course architect, um, he and Forrest kind of had the uh, most, uh, you know, books out there for somebody like me who is looking to learn about the ins and outs of the business and how do you actually design a golf course from scratch all the way through construction. So, you know, Forrest and Dr. Hurdson's books were kind of the, the staple of um, my study early on as a golf course architect. And that's what I mean by you know, Forrest has kind of always been there, even though he didn't know it, because I didn't end up actually meeting him until my first golf industry show um, back when they held it in Anaheim in 2007. Uh, at the time, I was working for um, a gentleman out of Chicago named Bob Lohman, um, and uh, we had a booth right next to Forrest's, and I knew who he was, so I, I went up to him and, you know, asked him to sign my book, and he was very gracious and everything like that, so um, and then that was just that, you know, I, I kind of went on with my life and, you know, worked a couple more years with Bob and then moved on to golf plan and, and, uh, then Greg Norman. And, uh, I didn't really ever talk to Forrest again until I think it was 2017 or 2018. He came out to Florida and we sat on a panel discussion together for, the Golf Course Builders Association of America had their winter meeting at the Breakers um, in Palm Beach there. And so we sat on a panel together and I enjoyed his company. I enjoyed his comments and his insight and we really hit it off. So then fast forward to my first ASGCA meeting in Phoenix, I ended up sitting next to him at the president's dinner and we had a great conversation. At the end of the night, I, I said, thank you. And he said, what for? And I said, I don't think you realize, but you know, your, your books and, and your writing you know, has had a big impact on my career. And I'm sure a lot of other young architects could say that. So if you've, if you've never heard it before, um, you, know, you have now. And he was you know, very modest about it and very appreciative and everything. And um, this is turning into a long story, but I feel like the context is worth it. So um, anyway, give it another year. We had a mutual friend in the business um, who I confided in that I, you know, I thought maybe, um, you know, the working for Greg Norman might not be in the long term for me. And I was kind of looking around for somebody to partner with. And he recommended that I call Forrest because, you know, he, he felt like Forrest and I had a lot in common. And um, you know, he's good friends with both so, of us. So Greg recommended Forrest. No, no, no. We had a mutual, um, Forrest and I had a mutual friend who worked for the N, who works for the NGF, the National Golf yeah. Foundation. Okay. I'm sorry. And uh, I was out to lunch with him one day and he, you know, I kind of told him what I was thinking as far as, you know, what my goals were and what my long-term plans might be. And he said, you, you know, you really ought to pick up the phone and call Forrest because he's one, he's got a lot going on. I know you want to move back to California. 
and I think you guys would be a good fit. And I, I said, huh? I said, well, I, I do remember really getting along well with Forrest. So I picked up the phone and called him and one thing led to another. And here we are almost a year and a half later and we're, you know, we're doing great. So I am super appreciative that you two found each other because I feel that, that there was some influence there that, that, you know, you remember you and I, of course we didn't, really get to know each other but you and i did a job together down in tallis park uh, that's right yep. ago. prior that was when you were still with norman and then some uh kind of some other things put my uh put my put force attention towards me and i really like that there was there was a bond there i was able to to come and get some experience with you guys and i'm very thankful that uh, you guys found each other for whatever reasons it may be, or for however it is that you may fit, uh, you'll you guys will never know the appreciation I have. And like you said, that Forrest has has done things for your career that he didn't realize. Even though I've expressed them to you, I think you guys won't fully feel how I feel the same way that. Well, we 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 appreciate you, Jay. You're you don't give yourself enough credit. You're you're a huge talent in the industry. And um, the best thing that Forrest and I can hope for is that somebody else doesn't discover you <laughs> because we want to keep you all to ourselves if we can, but no, seriously, no, seriously, Alaska, you can hide them up here. I'm putting that little bit in my uh, audio resume. One last <laughs> golf question then I'm going to move on. I want to find a little more about uh, Jeff. Um, I, I read somewhere your dream foursome. Uh, you'd mentioned Old Tom, Ben Hogan, Dr. Alistair McKenzie, and Michael Jordan. But you said that if you were included in that foursome, that you would want to walk Cypress Point with uh, Doc Mack, uh, who is actually my one of my favorite, if I was to list my favorite he would be at the top uh i really like his i like his variety his use with nature uh that he has the multiple tie-ins to nature where it's multiple horizons from his shaping into the natural landforms on multiple levels with various textures various uh whatnot but my question is because uh, this got me thinking of of, t of getting around with Doc Mack and him next to my side and me being able to pluck his brain. Uh, you also have Hogan and old Tom on there. So let me ask you this. If you had your choice to have one of these rounds, which would it be? Would it be Doc Mack at Cypress Point? Would it be old Tom at Carnoustie? Or would it be Ben Hogan at Marion? Uh, that's That's a really really good question i mean i think if you asked me last week i might give you a different answer if you give me an answer next week i might give you a different answer but since you're asking me today i would probably say ben hogan at marion that was actually who i expected you to choose that's probably the one i would choose because it always interests me now that i kind of get a feel for the different architects and how they feel and it's a very you know it's a very uh personal taste when it comes to the architecture from architects and designers but now i'm it's starting to interest me of what players think of the game 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and knowing that our client is sometimes different than our patron. So that's kind of why I had that little uh, piece there. I, I should, I guess I should ask what would, I, I should add MJ at the Grove 23 to that list of four, mm-hmm. which would be a kind of a cool round too. Well, I, I don't, I'm trying to remember which article you read because I, I kind of vaguely recall saying all these things so i'm actually impressed that you've you found it and and um were able to digest all that but i had reasons for choosing uh each one of those people and uh you know michael jordan was certainly there for a reason uh you know the the good doctor was there for a reason ben hogan was there for a reason um and then obviously old tom was there for a reason so I suppose the reason I would have picked Ben at this moment um, would have more to do with how he's handled adversity in his life, specifically, you know, the car crash and coming back. Yeah. To come back and play at such a high level. Um, You know, I'm on this particular day in my life, I'm, I'm interested in how somebody handles you know, a life changing event like that and uh, how they how they're able to draw from that and perform at the highest level, I suppose. Yeah, that's that's a, been a, a topic here with uh, and the kind of my debate with Tiger and Jack with the goat. We've had that discussion here more than once on the show. I'm not going to go into it here and I'm not going to go into it with you. I do want to roll kind of out of golf. This is the not a golf podcast and and i've been accused many times of being very heavily golf but uh, (laughs) as someone i look up to as uh my mentor i did kind of have to plug you a little bit for there and hopefully some of our listeners are listening to hear that from you so i want to move on to more of jeff and not jeffrey e-i-g-c-a-a-s-g-c-a a-s-l-a p-s-l-a what all whatever all those mean uh, alphabet soup so alphabet soup paint us a picture of teenage jeff sports oh wow talents clubs superlatives were you most likely to become golf course architect jeff Danner. although that wasn't an official category i probably would have been the most likely to become a golf course architect but that's probably because a lot of other people weren't thinking about it um Teenage Jeff. Well, it, you know, I, I grew up in Northwestern Illinois and, um, I moved to central Wisconsin when I was 14 years old, literally the, uh, summer before my freshman year of high school. So I was basically asked to drop everything and move to a new city and start over. Um, whereas, you know, months before I found that out, I was under the assumption that I was going to be playing golf on the golf team with my best friends. I was going to be dating the same girl, you know, if you want to call it dating in junior high, um, who I would have been, you know, seen back then. Uh, You know, I, all of a sudden I had to pick up and move to a completely different city with, um, you know, quite frankly, different culture. 
North, Northwestern Illinois is, is very different from central Wisconsin um, and more than just Bears versus Packers kind of thing. So um, <laughs> high school, as you can imagine, I think it is a little bit for everybody was was a little bit awkward. Um, I was a little bit shy and I, I didn't really like the fact that I was being asked to move away from all my friends. Um, but uh, so I really focused a lot on golf and um, I, you know, I, had, I, I went, I went to dances and I, I went out with girls and stuff and, and socialized a little bit, but I definitely was not captain of the football team by any means. I, I spent a lot of my time playing golf and, and working on that. And, um, you know, to, to be honest, I was kind of looking towards the future. Um, you know, Wisconsin really wasn't at the time uh, what I considered to be my home. But now here we are 20 years later, my mom and my sister still live up there with my nephews. And um, it is definitely, you know, like going back home because that's where the people I love are, um, as is California, because I have my own family there. But um, yeah, you know, high school, it feels like so long ago. So I'm afraid I don't have a lot to elaborate on other than the fact that I played a lot of golf and I was very competitive. I, I went to state a couple times and finished in the top 20 my senior year, which I thought was pretty good. And, um, you know, I had aspirations of maybe playing some college golf, but, uh, you know, I tried to walk on at Illinois and that certainly didn't work out. But looking back on it, um, you know, I don't, I don't really feel bad about that at all because I had, I had a ton of fun in college and uh, made a lot of really good friends there, friends, some of my best friends still today. So, um, so I take a trip to uh, the Freeport, Wausau. That's only like a four and a half hour difference, right? So yeah, uh, far apart, but still close together when we talk about how, how much we travel anyway. Um, so if I, I'm taking a trip to this area, where does Jeff Danner take me to eat? Where does he take me to play golf? And where does he take me to catch live music? To catch First live music? Me to eat? Okay. Uh, well, if you're in Freeport and I'm going to have to re rewind back to, you know, 1995, 96, because perfect. I mean, it's, it, those places really don't exist anymore, but, um, you know, there, there was a, I'm going back in time to 95, 96, Jeff, where does he take me to eat? There, there was a bar, there was a bar and grill in town in Freeport called memories. And it was the quintessential, you know, memorabilia based sort of bar and grill. You could get, uh, you could get the yards of beer on the wooden, you know, the wooden uh, holder or whatever. Oh, yeah. And then uh, there was another place called City Lights that was downtown. And it was the most awkward layout, all these different rooms and stuff, but it was always packed. And it was kind of the place to be downtown. Um, to catch a live concert, uh, I mean, you pretty much would have to go to the fairgrounds during the summer fair every year or to the band shell down in Crate Park which would seat probably no more than like 150 people. So uh, super small town. And what was the other question? The third question? Uh, where do you take me to play golf? 
Oh, that, well, definitely Park Hills because it's the only public facility in the Freeport city limits. And uh, honestly, in my opinion, I think it's, it's better than the country club anyway. So I, I would probably take you there. And then as far as Wausau, Wisconsin is concerned, when I was just up there visiting my parents prior to coming down here, um, places to eat, I can actually speak for the present, present time now. Uh, I would probably take you to a place called Becca's because they're, it's a good lunch place with good sandwiches. Um, or the Great Dane, which used to be like a grill your own steak kind of place, but now it's more of a, a, a brewery pub atmosphere with awesome mac and cheese and good burgers and stuff like that. Um, to go see a concert, I'm trying to remember the name of the place downtown where they actually have concerts. I think it's probably changed now even. You know, ironically, uh, Becca Button's spot on uh, today's show has been replaced by our great Dane, Shorty Dog. I should introduce you to Shorty Dog, Jeff. What's up, Shorty Dog? <laughs> Shorty, Dog's a, Shorty Dog's a mutton. He's he's made an appearance here on the show time and time again, along with uh, the, the Minerals, uh, Thunder, and we got Thunder. Donnie B. Jersey and Cheyenne really make a what what are, what you got fur babies what are your fur babies uh my fur What's baby in your house <laughs> my fur baby's name is violet and it that is her shelter name um and it suits her we couldn't we we couldn't take it away from her she's a uh that's that 12... little thing you sent me in a picture that one time isn't it scared little thing oh she, i wouldn't say she's 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 12 She's 12 pounds and she's a, a dachshund chihuahua minpin mix. And uh, I grew I grew up with bigger dogs, um, but you know, my, my wife needed a little convincing for us to get a dog in the first place. So we got a smaller one. And I have to say it's, it's been awesome. I mean, she's, uh, she's, she's a lot, a lot lower maintenance than any other dog I've had. And she's, She's got a lot of sass, but she's she's super cool and she's great with our daughter. So that's that's always a huge plus. Um, that's the, the only fur baby I have. We can't we can't mention Violet without mentioning Quinn, because Quinn got a mention on the last <laughs> show, if you remember. That's um, right. This is the second episode in a row. Quinn and Liam really stealing the Not a Golf Podcast podcast. We might need to introduce uh, Liam, who's with Donnie. Liam's actually, this is like his fifth episode. Uh, he's there with Donnie. That's Donnie's grandson. Uh, we might have to get them introduced in a couple decades from hey, now. Get a good Maybe. segment. There you Quinn, go. Quinn, Quinn, getting ready here in just less than a month to celebrate her second birthday. Jeff Danner, a new daddy here within the last couple of years. Tell us about Quinn now that we, we only know nothing but her name. Well, I, I have to say we, we were very lucky. Um, I mean, the first couple months we had her was a little touch and go. I think she had a little bit of colic. So that, that made it very difficult because she was always crying. And I'm not just talking regular crying. I mean, it was like screaming, but it just all of a sudden shut off after about three months. 
and she became this very smiley, you know, flirty, charming little little baby girl. And uh, she's just continued. She's just continued to to be that. Now, obviously, she's a toddler, um, so she's trying to figure out how to deal with and express her feelings. But um, I mean, her her smile is is to die for, and um, she's just a sweet little girl who loves. She loves to be outside. She's already swinging her little plastic golf clubs and pointing at the Atta TV and, and saying golf. Um, so she's she's been a blast, and I miss her every day I'm gone on the road. It's it's almost all I think about when I'm, you know, not occupied with the job or whatever. Um, but yeah, she she's amazing, and uh, I can't wait to get back home to her again on Tuesday night here. Well, when she grows up, you'll have to make sure that she takes plenty of trips with dad. Taking my boys on the road has been very rewarding, not only for them, but for me to um, to watch them be able to see and experience things that I didn't at, at their age, that I wasn't able to or didn't didn't really have the opportunity or provisions to. So get her on the road and let her see this life, and uh, she'll be a golf course architect or maybe maybe even a touring pro before we know it. Yeah, she she could be. I mean, she's uh, she seems to like golf for now. I mean, I I, I don't try to uh, certainly don't push it on her, but she she points to the clubs and says golf, and you know she wants to swing the club and everything. So as soon as I think uh, she's a little bit older, I'll start taking her to the driving range and see if she really likes it. And I, look, I'll certainly support anything she wants to to be or do. Um, but it, it is October fifth. October fifth would be a great day for her to hit the driving range. Yeah, yeah, you, you you'd be right there. Yeah, that's uh, that's her birthday, and her birthday is kind of a, that a perfect just a random date, Jeff. That's right. <laughs> she uh, her birthday is a perfect mix of my birthday and my wife's birthday because I'm on October first. And my wife's birthday is May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. So she got October 5th. And uh, we, we, we thought that was pretty cool. So That is cool. Uh, Jeff, we do want you to hang around for Pick'ems. Uh, what we're going to start here is we have Pick'ems among the five of us uh, every, every show. And uh, we just basically pick. It's, it has to do with sports. It's a sports Pick'em. Uh, right now, I think Buttons is currently in the lead. Uh, no, I take that back. Buttons is tied with the lead for Pick'em. She's won twice. Uh, this week makes DB twice. Uh, I have zero, and I create this thing in my favor, and I've still yet to win one. But we want you to hang around for Pick'em's. Uh, if you don't mind, we're going to create a guest spot so the guests will play collectively against us. Okay. Uh, you're gonna kick that off, so you're gonna you're gonna uh, play the first guest pickums. But before we go into those, I want to, and I'm gonna put you on the spot here. I didn't warn you about this. I'm gonna give you 30 seconds, uh, our guest 30 second plug. That's also a new segment we're throwing on you. Improv. You can you can plug yourself. You can plug someone else, a business, a charity. You can plug a football team. You can plug anything. But we're gonna give you 30 seconds as thank you for coming on the show, for you to plug anything it is you'd like. Do you think you can handle that? I think I probably can. All right. You have 30 seconds. You have 30-second guest plug. Go ahead. 
uh, I would say this, Jay Smith, um, you are one of the most talented shapers I've ever worked with. And um, although I don't have you working for me right now, I hope to again in the near future. But until that time, anybody out there who's listening, um, who has a project that they need some damn good shaping on should call Jay Smith because he is super talented and enthusiastic about what he does. I haven't met a lot of people who are more passionate about the job. So um, Jay did not put me up to this, um, but yeah, that's my plug. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't know what to say about that, Jeff. I really do appreciate that. I, uh, have kind of intentionally left my profession out of this for the sake of, of not using this podcast to promote myself. I did not want to be. Do you want me to do, you want me to do it again? Um, <laughs> no, I'm damn sure going to let that fly by all means. All right. Y'all also gonna, need you know, to remember the, who the big head is. That's the final cut. Who has to deal with the big head after y'all get off? It means a lot to me, Jeff, that I've done something uh, right for you to say that. Um, again, I've told you, I think, you know, at least a little bit how I feel and appreciate you and, and Forrest as well, uh, for what the opportunities you've given me for the places you allowed me to see. Hell, the only reason I know Bill the Minerals Inc. is because of you two. Uh, and here we are, uh, celebrities together, co-celebrities. Um, <laughs> so thank you for that, Jeff. I, I really, I don't, I don't know what to say. I was all these things that could have were well deserving to go ahead of the first 30 second plug for you to do that means a lot to me and, and i really thank you for that well, folks i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna defer that that uh plug and i'm going to say that uh when i look back and one day i'm going to be this is this is not my arrogance this is my confidence saying that one day i'm going to be up thanking somebody for something uh at a podium somewhere I don't know where that is, and I don't know what for, um, but if it has to do, first of all, if it has to do with anything, it's going to start with Becca Buttons and, and these two, three boys that, that we've raised and have put up with this hectic career that, that I have that sends me everywhere but home. Uh, and then the second, very closely, is going to be... Uh, Forrest Richardson and, and Jeffrey Danner for the opportunities and, and the faith and the trust that they've had in me. And there's going to be many other names, and, and I could go Bill Bergen, Nathan Crace, uh, Ron Forrest, Tim Maxwell, uh, Tommy Etheridge, Jim Glace. I could go on, but but it was Forrest and Jeff who, who kind of blindly did it, right? Uh, they sent me to a time zone five hours different from my home and I had never really performed for them in any kind of significant manner before and they had the faith to not only send me there to do that but send me there kind of um, uh, and made me feel made me feel kind of a partner in that deal so um, one day when that time comes and that podiums in front of me and I'm thinking many people shortly after I think Rebecca and and our boys Jeffrey Danner and, and Forrest Richardson will go there too, especially Jeffrey Danner because uh, one day I want that picture of uh, that Photoshop picture of you and I on Swilkin Bridge if I can. <laughs> <laughs> the, fo 
Photoshop picture of both of y'all walking backwards across the bridge. And have you looked that you look like a blind guy walking with a, a stick? Have you seen that? Yes, yes. Uh, you take that up with Forrest. I, I had I had my opinion on that, but we're not going to judge Forrest Richardson's uh, <laughs> media content because the Not a Golf Podcast podcast seems to have regular technical difficulties. So we're not judging. Uh, before we roll into Pickums, Jeff, where can where can our listeners find you on social media? You and the we want to know where we can find you and the RD firm. Yeah, so um, Richardson Danner Golf, um, basically across all platforms. My my personal account is is Dan Jeffer, and uh, that's on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Jeff Danner just on Facebook, and uh, obviously on LinkedIn, Jeffrey Danner, um, or the website GolfGroupLimited.com. Awesome. Uh, let's roll into Pickums. Before we get into the new pickums, let me recap uh, our current pickums. Of course, we have one game, our Monday night game. Denver's heading to Seattle. We don't really need to know who wins pickums. Uh, I should go ahead and tell Donnie he can unmute his mic. I know he was, he's got a game going. Donnie B, you're back in, buddy. I'm here. I'm good. All right, so Donnie B. Donnie B. definitely wins pickums. He secured that with the Buffalo at Rams game, but we are waiting for our Monday night game, Seattle at Denver, to determine second, third, fourth, and fifth. If Seattle wins, uh, we're looking at DB Buttons J Chef Mineral. Uh, if Denver wins, we're looking at DB J Buttons Mineral Chef. What you think, Mineral? to the recording. I'm going to say Denver is going to easily win, and since it only really switches, I think uh, me and Chef, he can go last. I'll pick before him. Yeah, and that really only matters if we, if we, and we don't have a draft style right now. Uh, yeah, the placing this only not, really this matters This was just for, an answer question, so this one doesn't style. matter. Um, DB, again, this, this ties him for with buttons with two wins and pickums, Chef and the Mineral tied at third with one win apiece, and then Jay, I'm still sitting in the goose egg chair with zero wins. Uh, I figured since I couldn't manipulate pickums for me to win anything, I would turn the responsibility over to uh, the Mineral. He has submitted his pickums for this week so i will roll straight into those jeff i'm gonna start with you our first pickums los angeles chargers at the kansas city chiefs damn um i gotta go with the home state i think la rams all right sorry right, charger chargers state california uh in kansas city i, I, th I, th I think they're gonna upset them an upset in Kansas City. Donnie B, what do you think about that? Oh, it's definitely – I'm going with uh, our guest. I'm saying the Chargers. He's got the Chargers too. Buttons, what do you think? I'm going with the Chiefs. Buttons with Kansas City. Mineral, who you got? Uh, I'm going Chargers as well. Kansas City Chargers. I'm taking the Kansas City – I'm sorry, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I'm taking KC Chiefs. Uh, Chef is going to have to – he had to leave us at the break, so we'll get his pick texted in. Uh, second game, 
Washington, another NFL game, Washington Commanders, Detroit Lions. Again, this is all next week's games, the coming week, uh, you listeners. This is this coming uh, week. Two, we got two NFL games, two college football games. Washington at Detroit. DB, I'm going to start with you. Oh, definitely Washington. Detroit's awful. <laughs> I don't know. They won today. They're awful. All right, man. Uh, Bill, you taking Detroit then? Yeah, I'm taking Detroit. All right. I'm going to Detroit as well. Detroit. Buttons, you got you got a feel on this one? I'm going with the with Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. Buttons likes the Lions. Uh, Jeff. Actually, okay. actually they're both, uh, both awful. <laughs> I got to go with Washington. That's why I picked it. It's like, yeah, that's two crappy teams. Should be an interesting game. Washington. I like Washington as well. I don't have any reason. It was just when I saw the, the matchup when the Mineral sent them earlier, that just kind of what stuck out to me. Detroit, it's just it's hard for me to get to, to believe in Detroit at all. Uh, moving on to uh, college football. Uh, we have the University of Miami at Texas A&M. Uh, the mineral, who do you like? Chef ain't going to agree with it, but I'm going to say Texas A&M rebounds from that disappointing week and takes it. I think Miami's I think a little my- proud going to Texas. Yeah. Who, who is it? Go ahead, Buttons. Mm, I don't know. She doesn't know. DB, who do you like? I never want to go with you. I'm just going to tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> But but Texas A and M man, they need some work at quarterback, and their offensive line's kind of I don't know, man. So, but I'm like Bill, I'm gonna go with Aggies at home because they've got a rebound for pride. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to beat uh, pride. Someone else pride to come game. To the SEC and beat them at home, especially after a loss. But Miami's good, no doubt. Um, before I go to buttons, Jeff. What do you think? Te- uh, Miami at Texas A&M. Miami. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and write UM for Chef. Yeah, I would. Buttons. Uh, before I before Buttons, I'm going to go Texas A&M, too. That's an SEC pick for me. Buttons. Texas. All right. We got Texas A&M. Seems to be the favorite there. Uh, and then our last regular before the tiebreaker, we got Penn State at Auburn, another uh, non-SEC coming into the SEC to play. Donnie B. Penn State. Mineral. Um, yeah, I think the Penn State's going to take it. I got Penn State as well. Not, I'm sorry, that's not what I've got. I've got. They're both two and zero, but. Yeah, I've got Auburn, and that again is just a simple. That is a simple SEC pick for me. Uh, Jeff, Penn State, Auburn, Auburn, Auburn. Atta boy, I am trying to buy points with Bill Bergen right now as well. Buttons, Auburn, Auburn. I don't know. Once I sit down and look at these, this is going to be a pretty interesting pick. It's kind of like last week was. This time we have a different element, though. We have the guest. The guest slot going in, Jeff kicking those off. Um, so the best of luck to everybody. I will make sure that everybody is updated with Chef Will's uh, picks. That was quick, man. That's probably the quickest. A uh, tiebreaker. Oh yes, I'm sorry, sorry, Bill. Tiebreaker. The tiebreaker, uh, Jeff. 
The tiebreaker will be the total runs in the four-game series. This is between the Cleveland Guardians and Minnesota Twins. We have a Friday game, a doubleheader Saturday, and then a Sunday game. Four-game series, we want to know total runs. We're not going to put you on the spot first. Uh, we're going to put the mineral on the spot first. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't even have a number ready. Uh, I can tell you Chef Will's number. Yeah, Chef Will texted Yeah, he had 36. 54. 54. Donnie B. I'm going with 37. It's <laughs> funny because I was just thinking 27. Ooh. I think I'm going to go 27. I think they'll both score a bunch. You took mine, Becca. Did I? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. That's my favorite math. Uh, I don't want to take yours, and I need uh, just a second to do some math, Jeff, so you go ahead. 31. He had that one. That one was loaded after 27 fired accidentally. Uh, okay, so they they faced off tonight, right? Did they not? Yeah, they played today as well. That was a five-point total game. Oh... I'm going to go, let's see, we got 27, Buttons at 27, and we got Jeff at 31. I feel like sliding somewhere in between there. But do I want to favor a higher score or a lower score? I don't know. Um, you know what? You know what? I take that back. This is This is a little... Uh, this is me playing one dollar on prices right. I'm saying twenty six. <laughs> yeah. uh, my math was wrong. Oh well, I'll just stay with it. Your math Dang. was wrong. Yeah. All right. I'll 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 make a conditional rule. Everybody, please speak up if you don't agree with this. If you want to change your score, you can go up. You cannot uh, go know. down. They all know. I just right. didn't add. You're going to stay at 37? Well, I got to if I got to go up. <laughs> okay. Dang. All right. Um, Jeff, right. Jeff Danner, apparently your career is doing so well, too well, that you had to come here to the Not A Golf Podcast podcast to kind of put yourself back in check. Apparently your pride was getting away from you and you needed to humble yourself humble yourself by coming on to the Naughty Golf Podcast podcast. Nevertheless, we do appreciate you joining us. We appreciate what you've brought here. I appreciate uh, what you've said, and I hope that I've been able to somewhat express how I feel about it. I hope we can have you again. Uh, you're, Absolutely. You're part of our, our fantasy league. I haven't checked up on it today. Justin Carlton, do you know Justin Carlton? I've not met him in person, but I know who he is and uh, had a little bit of email correspondence. Him him and I had the matchup uh, today. I think the Mineral and DB had their matchup today. Uh, I'm pretty sure I got blistered. How are you doing on fantasy football, Jeff? Have you looked? Uh, last time I checked, I was winning my game. Um, just checking right now. Yeah, it's with the exception day. of Monday night's game, we should have everything pretty cleaned up at this point, considering it is. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm midnight on the East Coast. I am likely going to lose my game. So, uh, Jeff, we appreciate you joining us. Um, we look forward to hopefully having you again 
we wish you the best of travels. We um we wish you the best in this pickums. Is there anything you'd like to say before you head out? Uh no, I I had a lot of fun. I appreciate you having me and look forward to doing it again. Thank you. Thank you for That's joining Jeffrey Danner. My mentor, partner, Forrest Richardson. Again, Dan Jeffer, uh, and then Golf Group LTD. Jeff, you have a great night. Thanks for joining us, sir. You too. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Take care. Folks, we are rolling year. straight into our segment we like to call the Minerals Minute. It's where we give Bill the Mineral Zinc 60 seconds to go off on things he doesn't get, doesn't understand, and we have the opportunity to either make him feel better about it, post an argument, explain, whatever it is. Usually it's pretty good. Uh, we still haven't found anything to really top the rolled paper. That seems to kind of be the reoccurring thing amongst social media, amongst our, our group text. Uh, I think it was just Chef Will the other day that sent us a picture that was pallets of nine equal 12 and and just the most ridiculous was, math yeah, nine equal 12 and 10 equals 24 like uh, yeah, how do you add get one more but you double it i mean i'm like, japanese and i'm trying to figure out what i need to do to make 10 equal 24 other you know 10 times 2.4 i guess is especially one. if nine only equals 12 how do you add one more to one number but double the other uh, so um Anyhow, folks, this is the Minerals Minute. All right, the mineral you have 60 seconds. I hope you got something good for us. Take it away. Um... So today, uh, we're going with refunds, specifically bank refunds with things. Um, this happened the other day to someone I know. They went to the vet, and they the vet screwed up and charged him a whole bunch of money. And at the time, he was in a hurry, didn't, it was like, all right, whatever, just thinking that was what it was going to cost, ran his card, went out to the car, put his dogs away, went back in, was like, hey, can I get an itemized receipt? That's when he realized they charged him like, 10 times for one thing and so they're like all right well we're gonna refund you your money and they're like and it was all of his money like we live paycheck to paycheck we're those type of people so it was the last of his money and they're like all right it's gonna take three to five business days like really you're a mate like this is a big vet tons of money they got tons of money this is a big bank they got tons of money this is a guy who lives paycheck to paycheck it was like five hundred dollars donnie b Help us out here. You got something. You've always got something. Dude, I with you on this. That gets aggravating because they take it. Yeah, they take they take your money immediately. Why can't they give it right back? Exactly. Right out. And this Why is take million dollar banks. Why can't they just go in there and just say, okay, we put those numbers in there. Let's redo them. Boom, 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 boom. Refund it back. Make it right. You know what I mean? And or, like, I or. Or the, 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 the client that screwed up should say, you know what, we made a mistake. Here's your money. Here, we're giving it to you in cash or whatever. We're going to make this right. 
I'm so with you on that one, Bill. Hundred percent. Yeah, and like I was uh, one thing I was gonna say is I could see if it was more of a, a personal account or something, but this is a major business. Like I could see maybe the bank being like, "All right, we're gonna make sure this guy has the five hundred dollars before we refund you." Like one of those things, but this was a major company. Like it's a corp, like a company. Like they got you know thousands of dollars. Like. But at the same time, I don't really like, believe give the man five hundred dollars back. Or the I don't bank really, yeah. But I don't, I don't really blame the bank one hundred percent. That client, that 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 client went there in good faith. That the vet was going to do the right thing for the right amount of money. They took a different amount of money than they said it was going to be because they made a mistake. Before that client, or a customer, or a consumer walks out that door, he ought to feel like they did him fair by giving him his money back. And don't tell me they can't write him a check right away or they can't give him a credit or they can't, you know, give him cash, whatever. They could do something to make it right. And like you said, they're the ones that should be waiting on their money for three to five days, not the person that got the services done. 100%. Exactly. Yeah. And I know banks do the same thing. If, you know, the bank screws up or, you know, that it's, it's happened to me multiple times both ways and both you know every single time yeah we gotta wait but it's like why do we gotta wait like one you are the ones that screwed up and you got millions of dollars you're a thousand hundreds of thousands of dollars you're a corporation we live paycheck to paycheck yeah we gotta wait nah man i don't like it it's bullcrap yeah it's, it's bull the 21st crap. century that like is it, bullshit. exactly Listen, if you can take it out put it right the f back in i have told people on countless occasions, I am a business. I have an invoice system. I have an invoice system that you can pay me electronically. So how about we do this? I send you an invoice right now to your email address. You send it to whoever you got to, accounts receivable or whatever, and they refund me immediately, and we'll just call this a wash. But even when the banks, even if it is three to five days, hell with the bank. Make it right to the client, customer. Make it right. Exactly. Bank's got fix millions it. of dollars. You can you can cover a few yeah. hundred. Yeah, fix fix the problem and let that man be able to eat this this week, and you have to wait on his money because you screwed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mineral, I would have taken that to the next level. I would have said, "Look, dude, here's the deal. You don't give my money back. I'm gonna have you investigated for price gouging, and not only price gouging, I'm gonna have I'm gonna put this all over social media. You better fix it right now." Yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely a simple error. Like, instead of hitting one, she just, I think when she went down, she hit an extra zero and hit 10 for the yeah. one treatment that the, the dog got. Okay. It was a simple, you know, it was definitely just a mistake that she accidentally made. But, I, yeah, I just don't get why it takes three to five days to, like you said, to take the money, to put the money back in when you took it out instantaneously. Yeah, like when you make a payment today, like if you put your debit card in, it goes out right then. Boom. You see yeah. on your account right immediately. Why can't they do the same thing if it's a paper trail, you know, in yeah. it, it goes back out. Why you gotta wait three to five days to do that? Crazy. Yeah. Like I said, especially this is a major vet. Like they got, like, this is a major company. Like they got, they got money. It's not like this is a broke ass hobo vet where you, you're like, maybe they can't pay their bills. Like, no, yeah. they can pay their bills. They got money. Like, I know. Yeah, I know if you go to Walmart and you buy something from Walmart and you want it refunded, they can do it immediately back on your card or they put on a gift card, you know, for you. Yeah. 
because they probably deal with this a lot, but that your vet, they probably, whatever, you know, they just, but they, they should have made it right. So the dude could eat that week. I'd be, I'd been, you know, you know, they can make it right. Tell a galaxy is a hundred billion light years away. You can't get his money there in less than three days. It's bullshit. That's a good one. Another good minerals minute from the mineral bill zinc. That is a, a wrap on episode nine. Uh, gentlemen, I appreciate your time. You really brought it this time. The Minerals Minute. Uh, you filled in a good sports segment. I think our guest did very well at not only filling the time necessary, but uh, we actually blew time, almost doubled uh, his allotted time, believe it or yeah, not. Yeah, it was a good one tonight. Yeah, I, I made sure I had I like enough it. questions to fill in. Uh, his little segment, I was really scared of not having enough for him. Uh, and, I mean, I had a couple if, and, uh, if needed. And in the sake of making sure I hit everything, that ended up probably being twice as long. But there's no one I would rather uh, really kind of give extra time to than Jeff Danner. He has really been a blessing in, in my career. Um, and I'm super proud to know him and and really excited to see where where his his future goes but uh also what else you know i can do for that that duo the richardson danner duo uh also looking forward to what he has in store which we know pretty much what he has in store for anchorage golf club up there just like he said a matter he, of uh, sends you back yeah, just a matter of getting getting back up there. So uh-huh. to wrap this show up, <laughs> I want to introduce the new segment, Donnie's Motivational Minute. Donnie, take us out. Your minute. Go ahead. So I was thinking about this motivational uh, conversation and how to kind of get this started, but I want to I want to paint a picture now. Think about it. So everything I think about when you're trying to get yourself in a motivational standpoint to get, you got to paint a picture. And I think nothing better paints pictures than dreams. So you start dreaming about different things, uh, opportunities for yourself. And then through the dreams, you start pay, you start seeing visions of op- seeing visions. And visions are things that you see that aren't real but you see them and they're they're out there but you can't really reach them and what do you do with that you you see that vision and you say what am i going to do to get to that vision i'm that goals and when i get those goals then i'm gonna look at those goals and after we have the goals we're gonna look at what do those goals do they bring opportunity and when we have opportunity from the opportunity everybody has an opportunity no there's not anybody that breathes does not have an opportunity if you desire and you have a vision for that opportunity. And when that opportunity comes and you're able to grab a hold of it, that's going to bring success in your life. And everybody can have success in their life if they follow, start with a dream, then you, you have a vision. And from that vision, you set your goals. And from those goals, you have opportunity. And if that opportunity is there because you had all of those things that come before it then that brings success in your life. 
personal life, business life, however, but it has to start somewhere. So start dreaming for that opportunity. That was amazing, Donnie B. That was very well said, sir. Full of motivation. (laughs) Always has me pumped. Folks, if that didn't get you pumped, you're in the wrong place. Don't forget, download, subscribe, share it wherever it is you watch or listen to this show. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at NotAGolfPod. On behalf of the entire cast and crew, we thank you for your time. Gentlemen, I thank you for your time, Buttons. That's a wrap. Mother South. Find me in the swamp, trying to stay away from certain chalk. Rappers set of souls, and then they try to claim that they're the boss. Gville status, got a place where only Gator stomp. Had to make a dance tune, I love to hear these haters talk. Gator walk, Alabama do the Gator walk. Gator walk, Mississippi do the Gator walk. Gator walk, Florida folk do the Gator walk. Had to make a dance tune, I love to hear these haters talk. Gator walk, Dirty South do the Gator walk. Gator walk, West Side do the Gator walk. Gator walk, Midwest do the Gator walk. City limits seem to be where all my loyal haters talk. Walking through the sticks, chewing. Religion would have fitted on getting through the days. Don't be asking what I'm sipping on. Food's gone, seem too far to drive to get the strong. How much is a good beer there? <laughs>